Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of My Understanding with me, Ray Holdridge, where I sit down with different women from different fields and try to get an understanding of what it's like to be them in today's world. Today's episode is with one of my best friends, Ashley Morgan. She is the owner of Bad Ash Training, a gym based out of Upland, California, focusing specifically on female health. But Ashley is so much more than just a fitness coach. She is an entrepreneur, an inspiration, and really just a great friend. So let's get this episode started. This one ran again a little long, but believe me, guys, it's worth it. It's hilarious because there's really no one quite like Ashley. Are you going Caitlyn Jenner? No. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to figure out what it's like to be a woman. Oh, no. Okay. In the, through discussion, (laughs) all right, and mature conversation, Ashley. Jesus. So this is my guest, Ashley freaking Morgan. Uh, one of my longtime friends, but also I'd say one of my inspirations. Yeah, I know. Look at that. Look at her tear God. up a little bit. <laughs> uh, she's actually one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast now. It was through one of our conversations that we just started thinking, hey, it'd be really great to record some of these. So I thought, who better to have for my second guest than you, Ashley? Wow. That yeah. is quite the introduction, right? It's quite the, that was a terrible introduction. They still have no idea who and what you are. Well, who and what I am. <laughs> I'll, real quick. All right, so let me, <laughs> let, me, let me start off with this. Ashley is an entrepreneur. Aren't, an, entrepreneur? I always hate how that word's spelled. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. It's French, because it I guess French. French created business. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, she's an entrepreneur, and she is in fitness. That's really where your, it seems like your main... you know business lives that's the space right now yeah Yeah, that's the space as of now because let me tell you guys this woman's going to be a billionaire yes yeah mark our word (laughs) on this day june uh 17 17 of 2018 (laughs) we have declared that That, i'm gonna be a billionaire that ashley's gonna be a billionaire (laughs) what defines ashley morgan as of 2018 in terms of business well, as of 2018, I've been <clears throat> I've been working in the fitness industry for 10 years. Um, I started as a personal trainer, like a lot of people do, and I opened a gym five years ago. So this July actually is going to mark the five year. Um, milestone of bad ash training (laughs) so i have a company called bad ash training and we are an all women's gym i like to say we're kind of like a cross between curves and crossfit we do um, functional training but we do it in a fun circuit style and we work with all women who are pretty new to fitness so right now i'm working on scaling the business and just kind of growing my team and growing our membership and eventually opening a new gym and my long-term goal is to expand to the online space i've been kind of thinking about working more in the queer community um or the lgbtq community <laughs> not just what, not just I'm the not q sure. i'm not look i won't i will i get confused every time they add a new letter uh-huh. i'm not sure what each one each one means per se. i'm all down for it love and respect no doubt but uh is that too much is that inappropriate for i'll me have to, say, to right? contact the committee <laughs> i don't own the gay committee yet but but I will. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm the leader of the gay agenda. Just kidding. 
<laughs> it gets so much hate mail and death threats. Oh, good. That's what I want. <laughs> um, but no, so yeah, I, I would like to kind of move into that space right now. I'm doing just dabbling in like online coaching with that specific demographic. Um, but I would say most of my time right now is spent doing market research, um, advertising and sales and just growing my team. One of the big reasons too, why I wanted to bring you on and talk to you because the point of this podcast is to talk with women in a lot of different fields. What was that like for you getting started? Like, how did you get started down that path? You know, what got you thinking, you know what, I want to open up my own gym. I want to work specifically with women and I want to start branching out, creating this fitness brand that you have. What started Badass Training? Mm, Well, I, in high school, kind of struggled with an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise. I was an extremist. I had something called orthorexia, which is in the eating disorder anorexia category, only it's an obsession with health. Wow. So that's a, and that's a bad thing. That's not a good thing. Yeah. And I think a lot of um, bikini competitors are plagued with this, um, this issue. And it's basically just like this anxiety around food and just like literal, like a literal fear of unhealthy food. And, um, so I had that and I would basically like just learn all of these things about nutrition and I'd work out all the time. I was in sports and stuff. And it was, you know, it was an unhealthy obsession at the time. And it kind of dictated my um, my choice of, I don't know. I don't want to sound too fancy, but like I chose to study nutrition in college for that reason. Because I was, well, I had already got a head start. I already knew probably as much as a registered dietitian by mm-hmm. the time I was 17. Because I literally read research papers. I read, I just read up on everything. I was way ahead of this whole, like, if it fits your macros curve, I had like books and books of counting macros. It was just really intuitive. And I think it was like a double-edged sword. Like it was kind of good because I had a passion. I just, it was just misdirected passion. And so once I kind of like got over the eating disorder, I then realized, wow, Sorry, my wife just went into the other room. <laughs> um, I mean, it was so. fine. We were all just going to go past that. I was going to edit it out. But oh, now that you called it now out. Now that I called it out, now we it's a won't. Thing. You know, we're keeping it real, guys. But um, <laughs> so anyways, once I kind of got past that, I realized that I was actually pretty geeky about fitness and nutrition regardless of anything else. So, And I already had a, a leg up on things. And now I had this like really healthy mindset where I was very careful with how I taught people about fitness and nutrition. Cause initially, um, I can actually remember what started my issues. I remember being 12 and I remember in school, they gave us this booklet for, um, tracking your calories, carbs, fats, and proteins. I specifically remember it was like in PE when I was, was 12. It, was it okay? So that would have been junior high. Yeah, it so was we, in junior we, high. Yeah, we didn't go to the same junior high, right? You, I went to Upland Junior High. And yeah, and I went to Pioneer. We were rivals. High. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly though, I didn't know that we were rivals cuz you know, Pioneer we didn't We didn't called care. them Pioqueer. Yeah. And that's But you know, it was 2004 3. Was it was 12. a different time, it okay? We were not dumb. That serious, but I just remember. Oh, sorry, real quick. I'm sorry. Red, junior yeah. high, you're sucked. Tantrums. I just remember the junior high. The worst. Jun, junior high is probably the worst time to be alive. 
It's horrible. I feel like it's bad. You have two tiers. You have those who have hit puberty and those who have not. Yes. Let's throw them in a cage and see what happens. It's fucking awful. <laughs> I'm going to homeschool my kids during that time. It's, it was skip, the worst. Just skip that puberty stage. Let them recover and then go back to public yeah. school. We were just talking about 13 Reasons Why. I think the setting should have been in junior high. <laughs> that that would have been, like, that been more believable, to be honest, that kids were terrible to each other. So, okay, so the school, though, the school gives you this pamphlet. A pamphlet. Yeah, that's what it was. It was like, yeah, it was just like, an, and it honestly was a great pamphlet. Like, it was very educational. Um, but I remember I just took it too far and I like obsessed over it. And I think, I mean, underlying all eating disorders and issues like that are like control issues and like there's family stuff going on or whatever. Um, but I remember just like really just totally obsessing over like how many calories I was eating, how many grams of carbs, fats, and protein I was eating at such a young age. And it was like, you know, right. You were 12. I was you 12. weren't even a teenager. I was 12. And that stayed with me till I was like 19. So anyways, that's kind of how it started. But I knew how unhealthy that could get. And I saw that pattern in a lot of women, you know, especially when I got into personal training. So anyways, um, <clears throat> I went to, um, to Mount Sac in Cal Poly, which are colleges in, um, Southern California. And I chose to study nutrition and I thought like, I'll just be a registered dietitian. And in my mind, my objective was to, um, work with people who are like maybe, uh, prone to eating disorders Mm -hmm. since I had overcome that myself. That's kind of like the direction I was heading towards or that I thought I wanted to head towards. And, um, in college I ran track and I didn't have a whole lot of time and I paid for my college. So I needed a job that was really flexible. Um, and so I got a job as a personal trainer when I was like, right when I turned 18, like literally immediately when I turned 18. So, um, I got a job at this place called fitness 19. I remember that (laughs) our, you and our other, our mutual friend Shane. Yes. Worked that job together. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, so I got a job there and um and it was awesome. I loved it. I remember I used to work for six dollars a session. <laughs> I, would, I was basically for free. <laughs> that's pretty much for free, considering I know how much she charges now. And no, wow, six dollars. Yeah, a it session. was crazy after because I mean you pay out basically like you pay the gym like an overhead. So the the gym took like I think I was making like 30% at the time. So the gym took 70% of the total cost of the session. And then I would make 30%. And then I was like, you set your own prices. So I was making around $6 a session. I was a baller, basically. <laughs> a baller, for sure. I have a lot of student loan debt. <laughs> so, so much terrible, mind-numbing debt. So anyways, um, so I was working there and I was going to school and I was running track and I was working with mostly women at the time and I was really delicate of how I taught them about nutrition. Um, I was really careful to teach women that it's okay, you know, not to be afraid of food. Basically, I, I never wanted anyone to feel the way that I felt from 12 to 19 about food. Um, and I knew that, I know that it starts with like just harmless measuring and then you get obsessed with it. So 
Yeah. You gotta hit those numbers. You gotta hit time. those numbers. I'm telling you, it happens. Like so many people are like get anxiety, especially when you have a lot of weight to lose. Like people low key when they have like over a hundred pounds to lose and they start losing it successfully, like at the end of that process, oftentimes they have a mild eating disorder because they're like really scared to become overweight again. To get it back. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they have the, all these issues with food and anyways. Um, so as I was like approaching my graduation, um, I was doing an internship over at, um, Pomona Valley hospital, which is actually right around the corner from where we're recording right now. And, um, I was responsible for creating the meal plans for cancer patients. So oncology, I was like the assistant to the, um, registered dietitian there. And, uh, I didn't, I knew I didn't want to do that when they were like, all right, so we've got to create these meals for less than $3. It was like $3 a day per person or something ridiculous. Wait, hold on. So we're talking (laughs) how many meal, like, so it's $3 per meal. Yeah. $3. I'm sorry. $3 per meal. Per, so like $10 a day, basically, per you person. You had to make... And you have to... Yeah, so you're... There's like a, you know, a whole department of patients and everyone's on like a, a specific meal plan, but everyone eats the same foods. Right. Just in different like portions and stuff. And you have to basically like select... Um, foods that are going to be cost effective and their their primary concern is budget over nutrition at that i mean i can't speak for like all dietitians all hospitals i'm just talking about this but in that scenario that portion of time yeah yeah and it was at that moment that i realized holy shit like i could (laughs) get a job at a place that totally doesn't align with my beliefs i mean for one i you know, I really had no interest in figuring out budgets. And I didn't realize that that was like a large portion of like our dietitian's job in a like hospital setting, setting, which is pretty much where you're going to end up. There's not a whole lot of jobs for dietitians. So that's like one, one of the main places you can end up. Um, and then I was just like, wow, I really don't like this. And I, I had been training at that by that time for, I think like three or four years and I had a pretty good client base set built up and um one of my clients had been encouraging me to just go on my own for a while he was his name is Dan Lomelli if he's ever listened to this (laughs) Dan Lomelli changed my fucking life but um he just said Ashley you're the best trainer here like you're the only one who actually cares aside from Shane (laughs) (laughs) no hold on we both know (laughs) Shane did not give a shit. <laughs> All right. I mean, but it's not everyone's passion. You know, you have to really love people like to be a trainer. You really do. And so he was just like, you're the only one here who really gives a shit. Like you really care about your clients. And, you know, at that time I was the highest paid trainer there. So I went from like $6 a session to $8 a session. Ooh, rolling in the dough. <laughs> Baller. <laughs> Um, and I had this nice little client base built up. So he was like, all you have to do is find a spot to rent out. And I promise you, like your people will follow you. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So literally right before I graduated and had like an opportunity to basically go into like this, 
I don't know, like, I forget what it's called, but like basically a group where you're like guaranteed a job after. What is that called? I don't know. Like a... I don't have a job. That's why I'm booing a podcast. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry, actually. Dude, podcasts are where it's at. It, it's, it's fun. I get to talk yeah. with other people about how they became successful. It's yeah. awesome. Well, and you're going to... This is going to... Guys, mark my words. Like, this podcast is going to be really successful. Like, this... Is, we're we're gonna try. We're we're make we're making this baby happen because yeah. I'm talking to super cool people like you. Yeah, there's gonna be commercials soon for sponsors, <laughs> so be ready. But, be um, ready to get slapped <laughs> in the face by sponsorship yeah. ads, ads, ads. <laughs> now, um, relevant ads though, like like job finding groups. Yeah, that Ashley might have joined. Or pornography. <laughs> Explicit rating. <laughs> this is a podcast about learning what it's like to be a woman. But first, this message from Pornhub. Oh, we, Girls go, gone wild. we go for the low-hanging fruit, <laughs> the, right? Yeah. The easy, the easy one. The easy, low-hanging fruit. So... What were we talking about? You finding a job. So then... A space. So right. then I didn't go for that little group, whatever it's called. I said, F it. I told my... Spa, my uh, what? I can't remember anything about college. My uh, counselor. <laughs> don't worry. Told my half people who went to college don't remember. Yes. I was. I told my counselor, I was like, I'm not going to take advantage of the program. I'm just going to go do my own thing. So then I quit. And then I... Which is pretty baller, by the way. Like that's... I mean, what did they say when they said, hey... She I said it. it was a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like, that sounds... <laughs> that's really... Dumb. <laughs> she basically was like, are you sure that's what you want to do? Actually, you've been going to school. You've paid all this money. You've taken out a loan. You've invested all this time. Are you sure this is what you want to do? And I said, yes. So I, uh, I stopped going to school and I, the... Uh, <laughs> how loud can she be? <laughs> she can be blank. You can make noise. No, not well, really. No, not really. I mean... I mean, not crazy, this is Ashley's but... wifey sneak, kindly sneaking her way from the kitchen. It's fine. People telling. eat. It's cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then I, uh, the first thing I did was I, I uh, illegally went and trained in parks. That was the first, that was my first step. <laughs> Illegal, illegally trained. What do you mean? Like I told all my clients, all right, we're leaving the gym. I'm going to give you guys a discount to train with me still and we're all going to train in a park so i didn't understand oh i didn't know i was doing illegal things i didn't, <laughs> you didn't know i didn't know that you had to get permission from the city to train in a park really i didn't know this yes you can't just train people in a park you actually have to pay for it or have a permit um there's a few hoops you have to jump through so oh. i quickly got kicked out of parks <laughs> And then <laughs> I soon became known as that girl getting kicked out of bars. So most yeah. most chicks, what twenty? How old are you? How old am I now? Yeah, no, 20, then. Oh, then mm, twenty three. Okay, so twenty three. You're starting. You're you're starting your own fitness coup as you're pulling people away from this standard a gym. coup, I love that. You're right? You like that? <laughs> yeah. Business coup. It was a coup. It was a coup. <laughs> Mini coup. No, you didn't, you didn't have a coup then. No, so I didn't. It was not. a coup. So you take them away. You say, okay, we're going to go train in a park. You then get kicked out of it. said park by the city. 
two parks. I got kicked out of two <laughs> parks from Upland. Wow. Sierra the Vista Park. Haters going to hate. Uh, actually, it was a college. I, used, I tried to train at Chafee College. Shout out to Chafee College for kicking me off the public <laughs> track. With all, I had 20 people in a boot camp and they kicked me out oh my in front God. of my Wait, clients. that happened there? Yes. I remember these boot camps. I didn't yes. realize that you guys had full on gotten kicked out. We got kicked out. Yeah, we did. We sure did get kicked out. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. I and I all I Can you just, tell me how that went down in front of your Yeah. So this is how that went down basically. So I had 20 of my clients at this this college on the track and they have they have a beautiful track, grass field with stair like bleachers right. and stuff. All paid by taxpayer money. All paid by taxpayer money. Which you are. Which is us. Yes. And so um I was training everyone. It was going great. And I trained them there at least a dozen times. You went to one of the boot camps. I had been there. Yeah. yeah. I trained them there a lot. And um, so some, you know, big wig. <laughs> <laughs> no, some dude with a fake security badge comes up. A and <laughs> he's like, oh, well, you can't, you know, you guys have to pay to train here. And I'm like, okay, cool. How much is it? And they're like, $50 an hour. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? At the at this time, this was my like freebie offer. So this was right. a free boot camp I was giving. And I was like, oh, just so you know, I'm not making money off this boot camp. I'm just doing a free boot camp. And then, you know, if people liked how I did it, they could come to my actual sessions, which at the time were in my parents' backyard. We'll get back to that in a second. Um, so. I like how you skate over that, but we'll get to that. So then, um, so they're like, all right, get out of here. And so basically I had to tell all my clients that this was terrible wow. and th I was like well we can either start paying for the class or we can figure out another solution and then pretty much everyone said they wanted to figure out another solution so I was like all right because who wants to pay when you've been doing something for free yeah I mean, once you have a free community class and it literally my name there's a site called meetup.com I don't know if it's still popular but back then it was kind of popular I had a group called meetup.com called free rancho cucamonga boot camp and that's where all the people were from. Wow. So they had joined a free boot camp. I wasn't about to start charging them for them to right. be there, basically. Um, so anyways, then I stopped doing that. Um, and I really set up shop in my parents' backyard. I converted this little shed that they had into a makeshift gym. Did you ever see I that? I did. I saw that. <laughs> I never went there, but I saw the pictures. Yeah. Did you have a surfboard? That yeah. said bad ash. I still have it. It's in you my office. You still have it. That's awesome. Yeah. And that you would put it up on top of the shack. And that was like the name that of it. I remember you being so, you were taking pictures. You were showing people. And I was like, that is so cool. I thought I was like, she is doing it. No time did I ever think that was the backyard of your parents. Yes. Place. It was just my parents' backyard. Yeah. And it was like a dope little shed. Like it, you know, I painted it um, yellow because that was the color that I chose for my things at the time. And um, yeah, I had this little surfboard. I painted my business name on it. And when the clients came, they would just have to like dodge poop because my... <laughs> My dogs were like pooping in the backyard or whatever. So they'd, you know, we'd work out back there and it was cool. Um, my parents hated it for sure. Like they, 
I remember distinctly, and I love you, mom, if you're listening to this, but I distinctly remember my mom saying, why the fuck are you doing this? You're never going to make any money. Wow. And at the time, it hurt my feelings, but it also um, lit a fire under my ass because I was like, I'll show you, mom. Yeah. And so it was like, there were multiple times I wanted to quit prior to that, and then she told me that, and then I never wanted to quit. So it was just like... You know, it was actually the most motivating thing ever. Through child angst. Like, who are you, mom? I'm going to show you. Yeah. So, so anyways, I trained out of the backyard for probably five months. Um, and I did, I did all right. All things considered And it. I mean, it just kind of goes to show like the, the amount of care that I had for my customer was extremely high because people put up with a lot. I mean, I had dogs, I had, you know, weather conditions were difficult. You know, people were coming at like five in the morning to train with me in a backyard. Right. You know what I mean? So it was, it was crazy. Do you know I I trained Jacob Parra? No, who's Jacob Parra? Remember Jacob Parra from high school? I don't remember Jacob Parra. You don't know Jacob Parra. Jacob Jacob Parra? Parra. Jacob Parra. Think think ray he played football with you he was really weird i'm sorry jacob para jacob 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 the sheep herder no it's okay oh yeah there was another guy named jacob who went to new zealand and herded sheep oh no that was a different one maybe i have his last name wrong anyways i'll show you on facebook but um (laughs) you guys should look him up just (laughs) friend him just look up (laughs) jacob para para p-a Jacob Para. Wait, hang Some on. Guy, I'm gonna. On. I'm Don't worry, we can edit this. We can. Yeah, this guy right here. Is this guy? Yeah, you know him. You know that guy. I don't know this guy. I mean, what? if I did, I saw him. He along. always. Okay, well, he thought he knew. You. Maybe you should cut this out. Like but that. <laughs> my sexy picture. Sexy. Um, oh yeah. That's yeah. The guy you no. Know. Oh, we're definitely editing this out. Anyways, you know, yeah, he would always be like, "How's Ray and Shane?" Like. He definitely thought he was really good friends with you because he talked about you guys like you guys were buds. You don't know who that is. You have no idea. I, I think I have some idea. I think I do have some idea who Jacob Parr is. Sorry, Jacob. It's been a while. <laughs> How no, you doing? Okay. He was really weird. He gave me Victoria's Secret for Christmas and I stopped training him. <laughs> it was really, really weird. Anyways, so what were we talking about? All right. <laughs> You're talking about you training in the backyard. Okay, so I was training in the backyard. So then, all right, so after that... Um, this was in like 2014, 15 or whatever. And at the time I thought that if I became a professional female football player, (laughs) Oh my God, that's right. I remember this. I thought that if I became a football player with the LFL, the laundry football league that I could. Now known as the legends. Now known as the legends football league. So if if I did that. Then I would be able to catapult my career into success. Just into startup. And I thought I could be a celebrity trainer off this. So that was what I had in my mind. So I decided I was going to play for the LFL. And um, so then I, <clears throat> I started renting space from a guy named Trey, who was a boys seven on seven coach. And he would prepare high school seniors mm. to get scholarships. That's that was his whole niche or whatever, right. and so um, I started. I rented space from him, and I started training some of his clients, and then he trained me 
to play for the LFL. So a trade-off. Yeah, it was kind of... I still paid him. Yeah. He actually charged me $400 a month oh. from my student <laughs> loan. <laughs> wait, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> There's you no just, breaks here. <laughs> There's... <laughs> <laughs> student loan goes to a guy named Trey <laughs> yeah. in his garage. I don't know where he's training people, so that you can be trained for the L. That is a, that is a that is an American education it right was, there. Yeah, I really trained with this guy, but I mean, he made me great. Like I was actually pretty decent. And you remember, you made the team. Yeah, I made the team. I did. And um, you played for the LA. Right, what was Temptations. Temptations. LA yep. Temptations. I played for the LA Temptations. I was second string running back, which means. I didn't play a single game because <laughs> they had this really fast Canadian girl. Damn Canadian! She was so fast. But anyways, um, yeah. So I trained. I did that, and then I started training from. He actually has his own studio, so I trained out of his studio. Saw how he ran his business, um, and then I I had rented from another friend too. So I kind of like bounced around spaces. Anyways, I'm rambling. Next thing I did when I was like all fed up with training or renting space from other trainers because it's it's hard that's well, wait how did wait what happened with the lfl though? oh like, yeah wait, hold on don't sorry i totally like don't, you totally bailed on that. that yeah like you're just like oh yeah i just bring around so yeah i trained my ass off for that you i played two out... seasons right no i played one season oh, only one season um i well i sat on the bench for one season <laughs> and i practiced for a season it was hard <laughs> it was so hard and the girls were really mean were they were they like super catty <laughs> Um, they weren't catty per se, but they were clicky. And like, Weird. I don't know why. I'm not an awkward person really, but I felt so awkward with them. I think I had an inferiority complex mm. though. I think I was just really insecure. Like if I went back now and played, I have a lot more confidence. I think I would probably be better. And you're freaking jacked. And I'm really buff now. <laughs> yeah. I've got a good 20 pounds of muscle on yeah. uh, extra on me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. She ain't but, no little blonde girl now. Yeah, I was really tiny at the time. I was like 125. Now I'm like 145. Beast. Beastly. Anyway. So, you, so, so one season you're on the bench. No. So one season on the bench, it did not catapult my career, but I had a really great time. It was a lot of fun. Like I, I enjoyed it. And actually, you know, you know what? That's not true. I think it did catapult my career because during that time I had taken a lot of professional photos. Um, and I previously didn't have any good pictures of myself, really. Mm. And I learned the significance of having, like, a good online presence. And so I had taken... <clears throat> I had these really great photos. I put them up on my Facebook. And then um, I had gained all this traction just from having nicer photos, which is super crazy. But it makes a difference. Um, so that, I think that like taught me something. So in terms of business, like people were yeah. actually more likely to listen so, to your advice or try to be interested I, in I your... mean, I just had more of a following because, because people are like, oh, I, I think subconsciously we're just like, oh, those are nice photos. That must mean that person has enough money to pay for, to get like photos that adhere or like align with the brand. I don't know what it is. I mean, can but... it be for, I mean, to me, I think... Oh, that's a pretty girl. I mean, pretty girl looking good in shape. She yeah, probably knows yeah, what she's doing. I mean, yeah. or you tell me, like, were you getting hit hit on by women, you know like what? hit up by women who are like, hey, how do I look like you? 
Or was it just also a mix of guys being like, hey girl, how you doing? There's definitely a mix, but you know what? You just hit the nail on the head. That's probably what it is. I think people just <laughs> looked at my pictures and were like, she's really fit and she looks good and I want to look like that. So women were like, I want to look like that. Men are like, I want to hit Bang. that. <laughs> Get all up on that. Yeah. Gross. And how does that... So let me... Okay, question on that real quick. So as you're training people, you're getting into this fitness industry right now. I mean, what is that like dealing with women on that kind of a level i mean what women deal with looks like obviously that's a super important thing or at least it seems to be put out there that it's an important thing to look really good and you even at that point I mean, even now you're still attractive and you are fit whereas i mean how did you how do you deal with that in the fitness industry like as you're building your brand up and building your business up deal with like people being superficial yeah or just be yeah or expecting i mean what were the expectations i guess like what did they expect from you were there ever a time where you were looked down on because you were a woman in the fitness industry and or did you ever receive any flack from doing the lfl i mean it's a laundry football league for crying out loud um i think i had some conservative clients who weren't huge fans of it you know they're like oh well that's kind of you know in the same vein as stripping, but, uh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. They didn't outright say that, but that's, you know, some, some people had opinions about it. That doesn't really affect me, but, um, yeah. Okay. So you answer, ask a couple things. So the first thing, um, that was a complicated question. I'm not sure what I asked. (laughs) I love complicated questions. It's great. But, uh, yeah, no, the first thing was, uh, for like women who, like come at me first just saying, oh, I, I really want to look great. And it's like superficial, especially having my, you know, the mindset of like not wanting people to become obsessive compulsive yeah. and develop an eating disorder. Because that's definitely not you. Like no, knowing yeah, you and, and, your, and your brand and your ideology behind fitness, you're definitely not into the su- superficial or just looking great. It's as much as you will look great because you can do these things. Yeah. It's like if you, I'm very much like health creates the best look kind of thing instead of the other way around but i mean you kind of have to just give people you know make people think that you're giving them what they want but you're actually giving them what they need Mm -hmm. you know if someone comes in saying like i want to have a huge butt and a narrow waist i'll take it i'll be like that's great let's do that and little do they know that i'm really going to help them feel better and like transform their energy and transform how they feel about fitness and eating and all that stuff and in the meantime they're probably going to get a bigger butt and a more narrow waist you know (laughs) like that's that's kind of like the cherry on top but initially you don't understand that you know and it's not sexy to think about oh well you know i'm gonna have like such better cholesterol or you know i'm gonna be at lower risk for diabetes no one actually cares about that unfortunately (laughs) so you can't sell that you have to sell it like yeah look hot for summer like that's what people want is that what the that's what the insta models are all about that's what it's all yeah that's kind of what people want to hear and stuff like that so i don't i don't actually market that too hardcore but i i think that it the, like, p- the reason why women want to be sexier is deeper than just like looking good sh- for shallow reasons. Most women want to look sexier for their husbands. You know, I work with women mostly who are married and 
one thing that I hear all the time is, oh, you know, I've gained weight and um, my husband's no longer attracted to me and it's wreaking havoc on my marriage. I need to get in shape and I need to save my marriage. Like that's a way deeper why than I just want to look hot in a bikini. Right. You know? So, I mean, yeah, looking good is important. So that's... Well, what, what would you say about somebody who says, well, they're married, they love each other. I mean, he should love her. No matter what size she is. I mean, I think that, of course. Um, and I, I sometimes, when they say that, I'm like, what an asshole. But, you know, <laughs> let's work on your health. Because I think, I think it's attractive when, you're, when you take care of yourself. You know, like, it means you care about yourself. And ultimately, like, if you're, I mean, I'm married now. And I understand more than ever how important it is to take care of yourself so that you can be there in the long run. Because eventually one of us is going to croak. And you got to find somebody after that. So you better be in great shape. No, that's terrible. Are you sure I'm kidding? No, but like you want to stick around for as long as possible. You know what I mean? Like it's really selfish not to take care of yourself and like... I now I'm like, wow, like not only do I want to feel good just so that I can have energy in the now, but I need to be healthy for the long term of my marriage. And if I have kids, like, you know, I'm, I'm now getting older. My parents are super unhealthy and I'm kind of like, come on guys, get it together. Like let's, you know, I'm, I want to have kids. I want you to see my kids. Like it sounds so cliche or whatever, but that's really what it's kind of all about. Um, so I don't know if I answered that question, but I think maybe. No, no, I think you did. And just in that you seem to combat that focus yeah. on physical beauty, so to speak. The, yeah. the, the idea of the perfect woman, big butt, narrow waist, that yeah. kind of thing, with your own version of kind manipulation. I mean, you, totally. you, you, you focus on the things that they need to focus on, and then once they start feeling good, then they start seeing things differently. Yeah. And, and so was that a battle then? Is that difficult? Like, especially from when you were. So you don't have a space yet. You're running spaces. Mm-hmm. What was that like trying to push that idea or did you have that idea at that time yeah I didn't even have a space my yeah my message has pretty much always been like have a really healthy relationship with food and exercise um which you know when you're when you have that really strict mentality of like oh well I have to you know I'm really trying to be like skinny and whatever like you develop this unhealthy relationship with food it's really hard not to you know what I mean so one of the people that I used to share space with actually was um, a guy who would prepare women for bikini competitions. And literally, I would be... He was so fucking annoying, but he had a television <laughs> that was behind the sales desk where the client would be facing the television. And on the television, 24-7, he had a reel of women um, in, of women's bikini competitions just playing really? 24-7. And I don't know if you've ever seen a women's bikini I- competition um but i'm just gonna paint a visual it looks like a fucking dog show and i'm not knocking bikini competitions i actually have a bikini competitor right now that i work with um i think it's an awesome sport i think it's really cool but i i do think to someone who's never seen it before and who doesn't understand it it looks a little degrading right because it's women in very skimpy bikinis basically bending over to show their muscles but to anyone who doesn't know what they're doing it looks like they're just spreading their butt cheeks Right. 
No, no, <laughs> like, trust literally. me. That's what that's what the guy's bodybuilding kind of looks like. That's yeah. why I don't watch it. I'm kind of like it doesn't do it for me. Yeah, there, <laughs> I mean, it's just you're literally like displaying your anatomy, right. which. Is Which is awesome. the whole point, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point. But it's super uncomfortable for people who don't get it, who, ha- who have no idea about the sport. So anyways, here I am talking about like, yeah, it's all about how you feel, not about how you look. Uh-oh. And then mean, in the background, there's a, a reel of women just bending over in bikinis, you know? And not just women, but the most yes. in shape yes. women fit in in america very tan right. very, very oily women Oily, <laughs> yeah oh man so so was that did did you start to realize okay there's something weird going on here oh, maybe yeah. something that's going mind. on behind me or? well i mean i always knew it was on i just said don't mind that and I, i'd always have to explain like i share space you know and i would try to explain bikini competitions to people and most people don't care that much but i think subconsciously we take it in so yeah i mean sharing space with someone is always difficult because no two trainers have the exact same vision right um so it ultimately when i got my own space that was like the best possible thing and you you would ask me also if i ever faced any type of adversity for being a woman or you know experienced any issues with that and honestly i only did when i was working at a conventional gym so when i was at fitness 19 i felt that i was compared a lot to the male trainers mm-hmm. um because i think when people think of trainers they think of like hardcore like someone yelling at you you know it's really intense type thing and usually male trainers are a little bit more like that they're coaching in their coaching style um and i'm not i'm pretty mellow my whole approach is to make things long-term and sustainable so i feel like you can't be intense 24 7 no one is right um you can be for short periods of time but it just realistically in a relationship i'm not gonna you know be an energizer bunny with you all the time you know so i'm just my genuine self when i when i coach but Anyways, so when I think when people in the conventional gym setting would see me coach in my like calm, casual way, that's very, um, you know, methodical, but calm compared to some like 19 year old super roided out. You know, like Shane. Like Shane. <laughs> Shane did not do steroids. No, he didn't. He did not do steroids for very long. No, no, I'm kidding too. Sorry. But um, next to some, you know, young guy who's like, woo, let's go. Yeah. Like, you know, super amped up. People would be like, oh, I think I want to go with the amped up guy. So that was probably not the best. And then honestly, like my sales were less aggressive at that time and all mm-hmm. that. And the like... Big gyms are very sales driven, so it's like sharky, you know. You guys have probably sat through a personal training consultation before. It gets weird. It gets I so mean, weird. I've had to I've I've had jobs where I've had to sell and, and there was a time where I worked for a gym selling programs and yeah, there there's like there's this moment where you're sitting there and you just feel like unauthentic yeah i don't know it's just it's it's a weird thing i mean luckily now i'm at the point i've been at the point where i can just walk into a gym and say i want this i know what i'm looking for don't try to sell me anything because i don't need it yeah you know but definitely for the new person if you've never done it to go into a gym and to get that pitch it can throw you off and be like this isn't what i came here for it feels like you're going into a car dealership yeah and it's like it's it's not it's not motivating, I right. don't think. And so, 
that was difficult. But then when I got my own place, like when I finally did get my own place, which we're getting to in a second, um, it was really great to have my own control to be able to set the tone um, and to really make people feel comfortable. So, you know, all the things that were weaknesses when I was working in a larger gym were definitely strengths when I went independent. Um, Cause everyone was just like, wow, I feel like this great, you know, I'm in this great community. It feels awesome. It's like, you know, it was just comfortable, you know? And that's the, the type of client I generally work with is a woman who's totally intimidated, who's never worked out a day in her life or she did and it was a bad experience or she's tried a bunch of stuff and then quit after a week. Like those are my typical ladies, which is like 80% of the population right. actually. Um, so they come in, they feel really good. <clears throat> Anyways, um, so now to how I got my actual space. So when I finally got my spot, um, I was working with a realtor and, oh, I think this, this, okay. Yeah. This, this <laughs> is a time where I felt like as a woman, I felt a little bit, uh, looked down upon. Look, well, I took, I feel a little t- taken advantage of cause I think I paid more than I should have paid. Looking back on it, hang on. <laughs> I think that I paid more for my deposit and for my um, for my initial rent than I needed to pay at my, um, at my location. <laughs> Cause I learned what my neighbor who was a male was paying for rent who uh-huh. had a very similar space. And I was paying like 30% more. Oh, yeah. they got you. They got me. But then I got them because I took over someone else's space and I didn't pay a deposit and I demanded lower rent. So Ooh. yeah. So I found out later that badass you know, grew up a little bit. Yeah, I said, figured it on. out. So if you're a female entrepreneur, just like, you know, be assertive. Don't, you know, I'll always question or not question, but like negotiate, you know. I just kind of accepted the price given to me and I didn't negotiate it at all. I was like, this is what it is. Great. I'll do it. Is that, is that weird when you push? See, now that's, that's interesting because the idea is like, you hear about this. I feel like when people talk about trying to get raises or promotions and whatever, and, and how, you know, women earn a percentage less than men and things mm-hmm. like that, even in the go at the negotiation table, and you're just trying to figure something out like leasing. Mm-hmm. And you go into that space, do you feel like that's something you regularly have to push against and battle? Like this person, are you always suspicious? Like this person's going to try to take advantage of me because you're a woman? Is that something you regularly face? I don't like to put that energy out there, but I mean, you just don't want to be stupid. Because I mean, I I feel like because I was young too, I think that if I would have been a young guy, I think a realtor just knows you don't know what you're doing. So, you know, I think I just gave off the impression that I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And so I wish in hindsight that I would have been a bit more polished. You know, I would show up basically in my pajamas to go look at spaces. And, you know, I looked as though I had no idea what the fuck way was up. So like, (laughs) (laughs) so they said, you know what, we're just going to milk this gal for her money. Yeah. And I had like, surprisingly I had money. Um, but it was like, yeah, I just, I should have been more professional and I should have been more polished. So I don't, I don't think it's good to ever go into a situation thinking that you're disadvantaged. Um, I don't like the victim mentality at all, but you, I think the issue with women is that we just don't ask, you know, we don't negotiate and that's what we need to do. We need to negotiate. We need to, you know, 
not be so passive. It's fine to to ask for another price. And at the end of the day, just realize that people people want your money. Right. Like they want you, you want they want your resource. So you have the upper hand, not the other person. Why is that so hard? Why is it so it seems so difficult? Oppression. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Constant sexual oppression. Yes. Um, I think um, I think we're just not really taught to do that much. I think, you know, I think things are changing now, but definitely like generations like my generation, it's like we're kind of taught to just, you know, be be a lady, be chill, be chill, you know, take be don't rock the boat much. Right. You know, it's kind of like the subtle message you get a lot. Um, and then I think because women are called crazy a lot, <laughs> so yeah. there and there's like this big thing like, oh, she's just a crazy bitch, and so it's like I think a lot of women don't want to be seen as that crazy bitch, so they try to be a little bit more soft spoken. <laughs> And it's like, no, being um, assertive and having boundaries doesn't mean you're crazy. Right. Um, Also, do you know who Whitney Cummings is? Yes, I do. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Great stand-up comedy. Yeah. She had this bit like saying that, oh, it's, there's such a low bar for a woman to be called crazy. Like you could send two text messages in a row and it's like, (laughs) it's like this crazy girl like blowing up my phone. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, um, not really like... So I think that's just something that needs to change with society. Like, I don't know. I, I guess people are kind of like, dang, Ashley's like this crazy lesbian. Like she's just so <laughs> hustling vocal. and doing ever. I mean, just, but I feel like you, yeah, you can't be timid in business and, and, yeah. and like business ethics and business law. Like it's freaking aggressive. Yeah. And you can't afford not to be in some things, especially in negotiation. Yeah. You need to be aggressive. You need to know what you want. I think. I think if, had I done my research and kind of learned, you know, what other tenants in that air, that building were paying, maybe I could have gone and been like, yeah, I know that so-and-so is paying, you know, this amount a month. Like, what's your current rate and can I get something that cheap or how can you give me a break on our deposit or whatever? Right. Also, I wish I would have realized that the... I, I basically rented a light industrial space, which is, um, mine's called a flex space. So it's, you can use it as an office or you can use it for storage or you can use it for like an auto shop, whatever. Or a gym. Or a gym. So, um, <clears throat> it's like this multi-purpose little space and it's in this little plaza of other spaces that are just like it. And literally when I moved in, there were only like five other businesses in the whole plaza of like 15 spaces, which means they wouldn't, they weren't, you know, it's not like they were just full and, you know, there's all this competition <laughs> for these spots. Like they had tons of availability. So I totally could have talked them down, you know? Um, and, and I just didn't know, like, I just didn't think about it. And I just, I don't think I had the confidence in myself. Like, I think part of me was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is so overwhelming. Like this right. is such a big deal. But if I would look back now, I mean, leasing a business spot is a lot like getting an apartment, you know, like I don't think people think it's this crazy leap to get an apartment, you know, (laughs) like, oh my God, you're getting an apartment. How brave, you know, it's like, no, it's nor, it's just renting space. That's all you're doing, renting space. And it's not, it's not that scary. So, yeah. So what was it like after you finally get the space and you start growing your business? What happened? 
Um, so when I first got the space, I didn't have any money to put anything in the space. <laughs> so it was just this empty room. And um, the first thing, well, I was at the time I was learning a lot about niches because I, I was really into this other podcaster named Pat Flynn. Um, who has a podcast called Smart Passive Income. And it was okay. like a really transformative podcast for me, for sure. But um, he talked a lot about um, internet uh, internet businesses and evergreen businesses, which basically means you make a product once and then you make money on it forever. And a huge theme of everything that he talks about is niching. So I was like hard pressed on having a really specific niche because if you can be the best in a small pool then you win right so I uh I was like okay what's something I could niche down in Upland and I'm like "Mm, women and women who just had a baby so new moms so I had these mommy and me classes that I would do um but what I learned was that when you live in an area like we live in Upland, there's like 60,000 women in Upland or something like that, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not. Yeah. Um, you can't have that narrow of a niche in, in a, a space that you're not working online. The right. reason why, why really narrow niches work online is because you have a pool of millions and millions. Through the internet. Yeah, through the internet. It's huge, huge pool. So a small, small niche makes sense. Um, in a town or a city, your niche doesn't have to be that small. You can go a little bit more general. So women. that was, hmm? so women became like just women, women. In general. So women became the niche, which is still pretty niche down for a gym actually. Um, and at first it was really hard. I mean, I slept at the gym. I lived there for a, like six months to a year. Yeah. It was like something crazy like that. And I would bounce around from like Craigslist places um, I couch surfed. It was, you know, it was crazy. You were hustling. I was hustling. What? It was hard. I didn't yeah. even know how to collect payments at the time, but I just kind of put, kept putting one foot in front of the other. Um, what really made the difference was I started getting coaching. Um, so like business coaching and stuff. I so worked, you found a mentor. Yeah, I did mentorship programs. Um, the First thing I did was there's actually a free resource for small businesses, usually in every city called SCORE. So if you're listening and you're an entrepreneur, go to score.org. And then um, I think there's a tab for mentors and you can actually get a free business mentor. And it's just these old fucks. (laughs) 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 Jimmy, I love you. (laughs) No, it's just these old dudes who like... um, that are retired and they want to give back. I think that's their motive. Um, so <laughs> they, yeah. So they're just people who have had successful businesses who want to teach other people how to have successful businesses because they just have so much money, money and time that they want to help other people. Um, so that was my first business mentor. It was really cool. Um, but what was his name? Jimmy. Jimmy Fragos. Jimmy Fragos. We're still. We still talk. Actually, yeah, he checks on me. He checks up on me like every few months. It's pretty cool. Um, So he gave me like my first set of to do's, which was build a business plan, which honestly you don't really need. But (laughs) you I mean, it was it was a good uh, exercise. And then he told me to get a business bank account and he advised me to um, there was one other like big thing he told me to do make money. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. That was it. That wasn't the reaction I was hoping for (laughs) me. (laughs) No, I don't know. There was some other piece of advice he gave me. Oh, bookkeeping. Bookkeeping, which I was terrible at. But anyways, I I at least knew that it was necessary. So he gave you four pieces of advice. The first one, uh, the, the business plan, eh, don't really need that. Second one was what? Second one was... I don't a remember. A business account. Oh, have a business account. Yeah. Okay. Open up and the- separate my, this is actually good advice. Separate your, um, your business money from your personal income. So you should pay yourself if you're an entrepreneur. Don't just live out of your business account. That right. was good advice. Don't just live out of your business. Don't account. live out of the business account. Cause then it gets really messy when you do your taxes. Okay. And then the last one was booking. And the last one was booking, so, which I didn't do fully. So, so you, so you got two, one out of three. Here's did, the right? thing. He all three things were good advice. Like it sounds so basic. It was all really good advice, but I just didn't take. I didn't fully. I think I was like self sabotaging. It was uh, self sabotage. I should have done it, and I didn't fully do it. And I I think it was just because I didn't believe in myself, honestly. But those are good pieces of advice, and it planted seeds in my head that those are things that I need to do. Like, but first I had to believe in myself. So then, after that then i had i bought these coaching things from bedros kulian who um is a guy in the fitness business mentor space it's pretty generic advice as well um but he has he kind of opened my mind to thinking like huh i could have a six-figure business like i i think when i first got into it i was like okay cool i'll make like three thousand dollars a month um i'll have like 20 clients and i'll just try to keep 20 clients on my books at all times and that was my initial goal and that's not really like a sustainable way to live mm-hmm. um so bedros helped me see that i needed to see the gym as like a business that i want to grow and scale versus just something that i'm trading my time and money for all the time being a solopreneur versus being an entrepreneur or whatever the buzz phrase <laughs> the buzz phrase. So, buzzword is. Yeah. And then I, then probably like a year went by. I listened to just a bunch of different coaching things. And I found another mentor named um, Alex Hormozy of Gym Legacy, I think is what his thing is called now. But um, he was pretty influential. He taught me how to use Facebook ads um, and to really perfect sales and to scale my team. So his program was really effective and um, I worked with him last year. Here's a question. I'm hearing a lot of guys name, men oh, helping yeah. you. I'm curious, like, I'm curious, where are the ladies at? Like, did you have any Now I have mentor? a female mentor. Now you have now a female mentor. Now I have mentor. a female mentor and she's freaking awesome. Her name is Catherine Zinkina and she's a mindset coach, actually. Really? Yeah. Focus on the mind. Focusing on the mind because it all comes down to your mindset. Now it sounds like, but that's not something you really like were conscious of or, or you tried yeah. to make a thing of, right? It, it was wasn't just... until now. Like it wasn't until now that I realized that a lot of, like I was in my own way a lot of the time. And, um, I think that's like the first few years of your business, you're just in your own way a lot. There's a lot of fear and doubt. Well, at least for me, I can't speak for everyone, but you know, I just didn't, I wasn't super confident. Maybe this is like part of being a woman. Like I just thought that maybe, you know, I didn't have what it took or something, you know, the first few years I didn't, I wasn't confident that I could lead a team or that I could like manage my finances. Um, cause those aren't very like feminine things to do, you know, we're not really taught how to manage money. We're taught that, uh, you should, 
find someone to take care of you and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, money management skills. So do you deal, do you deal with a lot of that mindset changing now that you have so many female clients? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you work now with, and as time progresses, and they ask you like, wow, how did you do this? Do you have people coming and asking you how you built your business? Like aside from me. <laughs> um, yeah, a few people have come to me now for business advice um, and just being like, man, how do you do so much stuff? Um, and I just tell them the same thing. Like you have to, you have to prior, you have to know what you want first off. Then you have to have an idea of how you're going to get there. And then you have to believe that you can, like as cheesy as that sounds, like you actually have to have some belief and some trust in God or the universe or whatever, that what you want will manifest itself. And it's, it's true. I mean, it's a fucking trip. Like literally, I think the reason I've been successful is because when I started at fitness 19 and when I first decided I was going to have a gym, I wrote down what I was going to do. I wrote down that I was going to, you know, start a gym. I was going to help a thousand women. Um, I was going to make so much money a year. Um, and I was going to do all these things. And a lot of those things I've accomplished now, uh, which is amazing. And now that I understand that, I, I mean, you write down your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is good advice or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, look, you're doing something that not a lot of people do or get to, and that's living your dream yeah. and building your business, you know, and that's pretty freaking awesome. And I've told awesome. you this many times. I mean, like I said, Ashley, Ashley and I have been friends for a long time and I have seen her go through, I learned some new things today, mm-hmm. but I've seen you do go from working at Fitness 19 to now owning your own gym, having your own client base, you know, being able to put yourself in a position where you live a life that you honestly enjoy. And I'm super freaking proud of you, dude. Like, it's just, I am so, yeah, I am am so. We hugged. We did. It was beautiful. (laughs) I'm so fucking proud of you. And, and I try to tell, and and it's that type of attitude that I try to encourage in my other friends and my sister and my, one day my niece when she's older, you know, like you said, you've always been one to say, fuck the stereotypes, you know, forget what anybody says what I should be doing or how I should be acting or whatever, and always tried to do what you wanted to do. And I've always respected the hell out of that. Um, Because I feel like not a lot, at least some of the women I've talked to, sometimes they get weird pushbacks. I mean, in terms of fitness, it's definitely changed. Mm -hmm. It's always been looked at as, oh, this is the guy's thing, you know, lifting heavy weights. I think women have the advantage now, actually. Oh, definitely. Right? They don't have all the stupid guy pride. Yeah. I mean, stupid guy pride of like, oh, we know what we're doing. Yeah. And then we hurt ourselves. We're doing something dumb. You Every know? time. So do, are you ever going to consider taking on male clients or or opening your gym up clients. like that? Yeah. I, I just think that um, it makes women feel a lot more comfortable in groups to work out with just women. Because mm. it's like, it. I mean, there are... Like there's something special about just a group of women all working together, you know, or just a group of guys working together. Like there's certain bonds and camaraderie that just people who are like similar, just you're going to feel more connected and have a better outcome when you're all working together, you know? And that's just, I don't even think it has to do with being male or female. I think it just has to be, it's just similarities, you know, you want to do stuff with people who are similar to you. Right. So, um, yeah, I, 
I would be open to setting up something with men just generally. And this is definitely a general statement, but usually men don't need that group. Um, the typical like female situation is they're intimidated and not very motivated. So the, um, the setting of like a bunch of women working together means that someone's not just like laser beam looking at them under a magnifying glass. And then the, the team environment makes them feel really motivated because they're like, they're a little competitive with each other. And, um, you know, they see other women achieving what they would like to achieve and that motivates them. So we really, uh, my trainers and I really focus a lot on sharing the success of the clients with the other clients, not even as marketing tools to new people or whatever, but we have a Facebook group where we literally, anytime someone has a win, we celebrate that win. And by doing that, I mean, when you see someone similar to you do what you want, then you believe that you can do it too. So that's what we fostered in our group. Um, I think you want to be careful trying to help everybody, you know, I would, I would definitely be open to helping men, but I would need to have like the, the essence of their problem to solve, you know, like what's the male issue. Right. And I don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, they probably have one. Yeah. Oh, we have many issues. (laughs) I mean, I don't. What's your issue, Ray? I need a job. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, God help me. Uh, but I can understand. But I, I can get how a woman who hasn't—at least I think I understand—who mm-hmm. hasn't done something like this before can be surrounded by a bunch of other women who are like her, or at least mm-hmm. in a similar place, and mm-hmm. not feel oogled at. Because that's what I think what happens a lot at these mm-hmm. other gyms. That's how it gets felt like. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at even the clothes that are sell- sold to men yeah. are definitely different than women. Yeah, they're not see-through. They're not see-through. For sure. They're crop. They're not crop topped. Yeah. They're you know they're not skin tight yeah. usually. You know you can't unless see your balls can't see your balls. Um, although unless you wear those compression pants nowadays, that's okay. Or there's dick print. Do you know what that is? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting more intense for guys. It's like, getting <laughs> like the gray sweats. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, I don't. I stopped. I learned that actually. I, I stopped wearing those gray pants. I'm like, I gotta. You gotta wear compression shorts yeah. if I'm gonna wear those. I pants. think women are st- finally starting to be like a little bit disgusting. It's great. <laughs> it's great. It, they're like really starting to. Um, and then it's okay to be disgusting in that way, right? No. We shouldn't sexually harass you guys, but yeah, like I hope we don't just turn around and you guys are now scared of us and, you know, look over your shoulder when you're pumping gas like, oh God. Oh God. There's a woman's <laughs> gonna, so gonna, it's gonna, they're gonna jump me because now you're lifting weights and now you're strong. Dude, girls are getting strong. <laughs> girls are getting super strong. So last, last thing then before we finish this up, cause we are now hitting approaching the hour, hour, oh, hour or wow. so. I know. Uh, one. What's if there was one thing you wanted to share really about somebody who's listening to this who is looking to either get into fitness or start working out or start getting the in the into that industry as a business or an entrepreneur and they're a woman, what would you suggest to them that could say, Yeah, you can freaking do this too? Or anybody, even a guy, anybody who's doing this. If I had a piece of advice to get into it. Yeah. Just one good um, piece of advice that you're like, yeah, this is this is heartfelt. Um Hmm. One piece of advice. I would say make sure you really care about your client. You need to lead with caring about who you're working with. 
Um, it's now possible to start a business um, that makes money quickly with Instagram and stuff like that. Like it's possible to make money quickly, but if you lead with that intention, then you're probably not going to do very well. And I would also say that lead with the intention of growing your business, not just being a solopreneur. Um, I'm super lucky to be in a place now where I have tr- like extensions of myself and my business so that I don't have to constantly trade time for money. Okay, so I'm, t- I'm saying three things. I'm going to say <laughs> three, three pieces of advice. Right. So those are the two. So one, make sure you care about your client and you have a person that you want to help. Okay, have a very specific person that you want to help. Two, what did I just say? I said... Uh, don't trade time for don't, money. Don't, yeah. Be prepared or be in the mind frame of not trading time for money. Like your ultimate goal is to help more people. And a one in a one-to-one situation, you're very limited to how many people you can help. And three, I would say get a coach as soon as you possibly can. Um, had I started sooner with actual I love you so much Jimmy but someone who specifically could coach me in fitness uh business mentorship I think I would have grown a lot faster um and I would have avoided a lot of expensive mistakes so I think that those would be the three I think those are pretty solid oh one more one more one bonus one more okay so if you have good credit at the beginning (laughs) um (laughs) just take out Oh God, I don't, I, I think this is good advice. So I tried to really grassroot grow my business and I would buy like cheap little things like at the beginning and I didn't actually buy what I needed. I wish I would have just bought what I needed from the beginning instead of trying to like makeshift things. Right. And then end up spending. Be cheap. Yeah. Basically. I was trying to be cheap and like save money. I wish I would have just taken out like a, a little loan, like a little $10,000 loan or something like that. And then just bought everything I needed and maybe some coaching. And then, um, and then started that way. I wish I would have done that. So just go don't don't go cheap. Don't go just cheap. get the things you need. Just get what you need. Don't be excessive. You don't need a lot of stuff. Um, and a coach, if you hire one, will help you with that. Uh, but you know, don't don't chintz out on your business. You want people to take you seriously. Awesome. So yeah. And then just be prepared for the long haul. You know, <laughs> develop some grit. Don't be a puss. Yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly. Get ready to live in your gym for a little yeah, while. Yeah, live know. in your gym. D- just make the decision. Cut off all other options. Yeah. Like, you know, stay hungry. Don't get distracted. That's, that's all. awesome. That's awesome. And that's and that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on here and yeah. why we're talking. Because we're going to talk again because Lord knows there is so much more to Ashley Morgan, guys. You don't even know half the stories that she's got. I've got a lot. <laughs> she's. <laughs> She's got a lot. I've been there for some, so I may get myself in trouble a little bit. Were you there but... when we snuck into those half-built houses? I wasn't there for that one, but I heard about that one. <laughs> I was there. I was there for. Uh, I was. What was? What was? The Cleveland the other... Car Wash. Cle- oh my god! I wasn't there for that. <laughs> anyway. No, I was there for some of the uh, some of the uh, soap or bubble bubble. Pool bubble wrestling. wrestling bubble wrestling that's oh what i was there gosh. for oh yeah guys ash has got some more stories but that's all we got for this that's all we got podcast today. this episode actually where can people find you you guys can find me on instagram at bad ash lifts and on way to remember facebook if you just search Badass Training, and I currently don't have a website because websites are practically obsolete. 
So yeah, yeah but if you, I'm going to do, can I do an outro for you? Okay. Yeah. All right, you guys. So if you liked this podcast, what I want you to do is screenshot it, share it on your Instagram story and tag Ray Holtridge and he will then give you a shout out and possibly in the future, we'll send you something. There you go. That is, she just made a promise that I now have to make. I have to keep. He might send, it could be anything. You could send him a... I might send you a water bottle. I might send you a free workout session with Bad Ash. Yeah. Uh, because, damn it, she's my friend and she has to do this for me. I have to. She has to. <laughs> but we, we're going to grow this podcast. We are. And, and Ashley, thank you so much for being on this and talking with everybody about it. And can't wait to talk with you more. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Tune in next week. I'll be talking to another lady in another interesting field. Let's go, uh, let's go share a beer. Or five. Or ten. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Okay, so you made it to the end of episode two of My Understanding. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation with Ashley because I know I did. I'm looking forward to bringing her back on the podcast again soon. If you're interested in following what's going on with me and this journey that I'm on right now, you can follow me on Instagram at Ray Holdridge, two Roman numerals, because there's another one, but that's my dad. And you can also find me on Facebook, Ray Holdridge. Pretty easy to find there. Guys, thanks again. You can also download this podcast from SoundCloud and Stitcher. And right now, those are our main locations. So have a great day and take a minute to try to understand someone today.